Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Jamie Dupree comes right at you from the Hill in D.C. On the Sean Hannity Show. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C. Jamie Dupree, how is it possible that the DCCC got my name and just sent me an email saying... That uh, alert, GOP presidential frontrunner Donald Trump urges a ban on all Muslim entry into the U.S. Maybe they want you to mention them on the air to help them with fundraising. Who knows? Maybe. Sign the petition. Denounce Donald Trump's bigoted rhetoric. By the way, Donald Trump, we should ban Muslims from entering the U.S., which includes includes Muslim American citizens who are traveling abroad. That even means U.S. soldiers who are Muslim would not be able to reenter the country they're risking their life for. He never said any of that. You must be on some kind of uh, um, uh, Democratic lawmakers email list or something that got yeah. sold around. Donald like Trump a- said he wants a complete shutdown of Muslims entering the U.S. He's not talking about American citizens. That's obvious. But anyway, putting that aside, until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. And he says until we're able to determine and understand the problem and the danger threat that it poses, our country can't be victims of horrendous attacks by people that believe only in jihad. Now. Um, here's my question for you. Did Mike McCall, yes. the chairman who's going to be on TV tonight, the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, did he not reveal yesterday that there is intelligence that shows that ISIS will wants to and has a plan to infiltrate the refugee population? Um, I don't I listened to most of his speech. I don't remember hearing him say exactly that, but I don't have the, 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 he, the he did text say that. in front of me. Uh, you, you can for once take my word for it. All and right. I know you'll you'll go look. But and did we not? I've read on this program the comments of James Comey and. The director of national intelligence, James Clapper, and the State Department spokesman and Obama's top envoy for the coalition to defeat ISIS, General John Allen. Didn't they all warn that the vetting process is difficult and we and that ISIS could potentially infiltrate the refugee population? Yes, I I will say, though, that in discussions with senior intelligence officials here, that while they do have those same worries, that they have been more worried about the inspired attacks, like what went on in San Bernardino, that that while, yes, you cannot fully guarantee ever, and we saw this back, I think, in uh, 2011, when there were some people arrested in Kentucky who had come through the Iraqi refugee program, but that, uh, uh, yes, they are worried about that, but they've been more worried about the people being inspired from afar, not from people who are directly affiliated with any of those groups infiltrating But the their two in San Bernardino traveled to Saudi Arabia. We know that the woman grew up in Saudi Arabia and had a Pakistani passport. The question that I have been raising, and I think it's a legitimate one, is, and, and by the way, polls bear this out in case anybody's interested. Uh, there was a poll out of North Carolina prior to Trump making the statement yesterday and uh, what they found in the public policy poll was 48 percent of Republicans in North Carolina support a national database for Muslims. So I would argue that this is not going to be a lose situation for Trump. But what I sense is going on here is that I think Trump is saying, and I would say it a lot differently than him, if you grow up under Sharia like this woman grew up under the oppressive Saudi regime, those values are incompatible with American, our constitutional republic, our values And the question, I think what Trump's trying to get at is how do we ascertain whether or not people that grow up under radical regimes, whether they themselves have adopted the radicalized thinking and viewpoint or whether they want to come here for freedom like the rest of us? Well, he may have been saying that, but he certainly didn't say it like that yesterday in his event down. I said I would say it differently. I would say that there's a clash of culture. And in in talking with Republicans here in the hallways of Congress today, I think on one hand, many Republicans understand 
that there is extreme uh, angst over how the Obama administration and how this president has dealt not only with the Islamic State, but the broader threat of terrorism and how it's raised concerns about whether or not the administration is doing enough to check these people coming in. At the same time, there was a level of, I sense today among Republican lawmakers that I spoke to, spoke to a, a, a dramatically heightened sense of exasperation with Trump, that they were again being asked to uh, to explain something that he had said, maybe not in a pretty way, and again asked why, you know, suddenly Trump had, uh, was dominating the headlines today. Uh, several GOP lawmakers just simply rolled their eyes when I asked them in the hallway if I could ask about Trump. And the the level of public rebuke and on-the-record jab at Trump I was surprised at today from a number of rank-and-file Republican lawmakers that I spoke to, that they weren't sort of hiding behind, uh, you know, allusions to Trump. They were directly saying that uh, they thought his ideas were not only unconstitutional but un-American. Now, we didn't have a big break in terms of people saying that Trump should get out of the race. There was one guy from Florida named David Jolly, who's actually running for Senate in Florida as well, who went to the floor of the House, called on Trump to withdraw. But we didn't see a lot of that. So still, I think a lot of people wary of Trump and wary of uh, of crossing swords with him. But there was a an extra level today of dissatisfaction with Trump that I have not noticed in previous months. Well, Paul Ryan made comments. Dick Cheney disagreed with him, and, and the list goes on and on, and I understand that people have disagreements. Isn't that more a function, though, that you have a whole establishment culture that has been hoping and praying and waiting for Donald Trump to fall on his face, and they're, they're now getting closer to Iowa, and they want to do jump on anything that he says at this moment to hurt him. Isn't that probably well, it, part you of know, it? There could be part of it, but I, I don't sense that. I think for the most part, a lot of the Republicans here like to stay out of the presidential race. A lot of members of Congress don't like to endorse. They like to sort of wait uh, because they don't want to aggravate anybody in the process along the way. Now, Ted Cruz was here today with the Texas governor. They held a news conference downstairs about the Syrian refugee situation. Cruz was asked several times by Republicans reporters about Trump's uh, uh, Muslim ban idea. And, and Cruz said simply he disagrees with Trump, but very specifically told us that he will not criticize Trump directly. So he, again, is sort of playing that drafting off of Trump, but not getting in there like Jeb Bush, who called Trump unhinged, and Rubio, who said the idea was uh, uh, was uh, unworkable and, 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 and too much. So at this point in time, yes, more flack for Trump from Republicans, but I don't sense it's the end or anything like that. I mean, nobody was going out of their way to say that if Trump is the nominee, that they won't support him. But I did note today that Trump uh, tweeted out something just a little while ago that again raised the specter of him running as an independent. Jeb Bush immediately accused Trump of uh, cutting a deal with Hillary Clinton to get get her elected. Because I still that's, think a lot of that's people that's pretty here, conspiratorial. Well, sure, but there's a lot of conspiratorial people out there. So I'm just reporting what he said. And, you know, again, when you look at the polls, another thing that I think raised a, a lot of eyebrows yesterday about Trump making this announcement was it came so soon after this poll that showed him behind in Iowa. I'm not saying the two are linked, but I just found well, it. Another sort of poll odd came out today, had him up by what, 13? Exactly. And that's why, um, you know, was did he feel the need? Because Ted Cruz has been picking up a lot of steam and mainly by being tough on the Islamic State, talking about carpet bombing them talking about really going after them. Uh, does Trump feel like that Cruz is getting away from him in Iowa and, and getting too much momentum? I mean, uh, again, I don't want to take a snapshot of any one poll because I think it's wrong to do that. But the polling trends are really, really interesting if you look at it. First, in the back of the pack, speaking of Jeb Bush, as we did a minute ago, there is no evidence anywhere of any momentum for Bush, Fiorina, 
Uh, Rand Paul, I still think Rand Paul's not going to be on the main stage next week because of his poll numbers. Nobody is picking up. And Ben Carson keeps going down, down, down in every single poll that comes out over the last few weeks. And really, it's just Trump up there with Cruz up and Rubio up. And those three seem to be in the strongest position by far right now. No, I tend to agree with everything you're saying here. And I think you're dead on accurate in in a lot of different ways. From my perspective, though, I think what's happening here is more a case of I don't I think the establishment cannot believe that Trump has been able to sustain as strongly as he has. And as a result, I think they're panicking. And I well, think if they were panicking. I would think that if, if they were really if they wanted to do something, they would get in with Rubio. I mean, Bush well, right now doesn't look like he would have the I, fire. I, I, listen, as you pointed out, they have, they're not budging in the polls. These people yeah. aren't moving. It's a three-way race, and you and I have discussed this for a long time. But I, I think that Ted Cruz keeping his present position, saying that's his position, I have my position, and just staying out of it and not crit- going critical against Trump, I think you're right. I think he's playing it very smart. But, you know, he's also the guy that went out there and said, we're going to carpet bomb the crap out of ISIS the other day. And I think Americans are fed up with the fact that, you know, why do we have, you know, why can't we have a vetting system that is safe and secure? Why do we have to gamble with the lives of Americans? And if we don't have the system that is in place that can work right now, fix the system and then then go about vetting people. Well, remember, the, uh, the the visa that the wife got in on was not really, didn't have to do with refugee status or with the visa waiver program that's being addressed in a bill that's on the House floor right now as we're talking. So it's a separate process. There are very few of them, I mean, compared to all the different visas that are issued uh, each year, the K-1 visa. But yeah, I, I think, you know, again, the underlying sense, while Republicans may not agree with Trump and what he said, there is still that underlying underlying feeling that not enough is being done or the worry that people are sliding through the fingers of the United States and getting in here that shouldn't be here. I think that, you know, Paul Ryan, it's going to be interesting, the reaction and the backlash to the things that he said, that this isn't who we are as a country. He said this is not conservatism, which really sort of echoes, I think, what we've heard other critics, whether it's been the club for growth or others about Donald Trump. I mean, again, I always say there's only one person in the Republican race who could have contributed money to the Cook County Democratic Party, and it's Donald Trump. Nobody else could be in this situation and and be able to do that. It's going to be interesting to see how the polls come out on this, because I do think the fear that people have is legitimate. I think Trump is able to um, enunciate that in such an effective way. I mean, let's not let's not sell the guy short on his ability to frame an argument and to tap into that with the American people. And I think that the the comparison with Ben Carson is so distinct here in that Carson has struggled to catch on and latch on to the foreign policy issues ever since the, the issue of Paris happened. Carson has been coming down and not able to really grab onto that. Trump and Cruz especially, I think, have really tapped into that fear and that sense that something else needs to be done against the Islamic State. Look, I think that there's a real opportunity here for Donald Trump to say, hey, I'm listening to James Clapper. I'm listening to Mike McCall. I'm listening to James Comey. I'm listening to the the generals and the intelligence officials and James Clapper. And they're saying that hey, ISIS is going to infiltrate the Syrian refugee population. We can't risk that. I think there's a way for him to pivot and expand on this that would make a lot of sense to a lot of people. Again, I'd warn you away from the Clapper thing. I think there's a lot of people in Intel who think that the inspired uh, threat is much bigger than the infiltrate threat. 
Well, I'm just I can only go by the words that they've used. And, and James I can only Clapper, go by the people I've talked to. And James Clapper said, We don't obviously put it past the likes of ISIS to infiltrate operatives among these refugees. He made that comment, which means that there's a risk in taking in the Sure. There is absolutely risk, but I think what they're worried more about is the inspired kind now, of Now, Imagine this. Imagine a scenario where in fact one of these Syrian refugees is radicalized. And four months from now is involved in a terrorist attack. And Trump has proven right that we should have stopped the program until we could fully vet them. Oh, listen, I, I mean, you and I have talked about this a number of times. Uh, the, the fact that w if we just had Paris and the San Bernardino shootings did not happen, I think we would have slowly made our way back to economic issues and more. But national security and terrorism are here to stay at least for a little while. I'm still, It's way too early to say it's going to be the issue. But it's obvious that it has changed the dynamic and changed the direction of this race. Now, as for Trump... Hey, lots of time still to go. What is it uh, today? Today's December the 8th, so tomorrow uh, marks two months until New Hampshire, so still an awful How many lot of months, time. for the most part, has he been in the lead? All summer and most of the fall. Yeah, I think it started in uh, late July or early August, yes. Yeah. And there was only that one little time when Ben Carson came up and knocked him out, but then Carson has really gone up and come right back down. Now the question is, I think, in Iowa to see, is Ted Cruz on the way up? We'll have to wait for more polling. I would think that, that Iowa is probably more, you know, Ted Cruz friendly. I wouldn't be surprised if Ted Cruz won Iowa. And then I think... I still think for the establishment, the best thing to stop Donald Trump would be there was for a, Ted there was Cruz a new, to win in Iowa. There was a New Hampshire poll that came out today. What did that show? Somebody's not out for a little while longer. Yeah. Um, Trump was touting it, so that tells me he must be ahead. Yeah, no, well, but maybe he has inside. I think it's an NBC poll or a CNN poll, one of those. Yeah, it could well be. So, I mean, the, the recent polling in New Hampshire showed the same thing, that Trump is in the lead, except you have a different sort of uh, cast of characters there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, because you have uh, Kasich, Bush, and Do you Christie want a drink of water? Better. Can I get you yeah, a drink? Yeah, exactly. Kasich, Bush, and Christie do better in New Hampshire yeah. than they do in national or polls or in Iowa. And I don't think the South Carolina Republican chair is going to have any impact on South Carolina voters. Not one bit. Have to wait and see who's there. But yes, looks like they may, may be getting another debate down there from what I saw today yeah. in the month of January as well. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, sir. Thank you.